In this month's podcast, we review the Garmin Phoenix 5X multi-activity GPS watch. We look at the Connect IQ apps, what are they and what are the best apps. We also look at the best top-end Garmin GPS unit. We have top tips for both SatMap and Garmin and the big debate this month is button or touchscreen GPS unit. Hi everybody and welcome to the second ever GPS training podcast. Um, so today for the podcast we've got myself, John, Andy and Tom. So I'm John, one of the directors of Shepherd's Walks, the parent company of GPS training. Next to me is uh, Tom, who's our guest today. Hi. Tom, where are you from? I work for sales and distribution at Garmin in the UK. So we're very honoured on this podcast to have Tom as our special guest. He's actually come up from the northwest of England up into the northeast of England. So thanks very much for coming. And as always, we've got Andy here, which is our top tech geek. Hello. <laughs> so he works, Andy works for GPS training and he's a top tech guy, um, which will be doing more of the technical uh, queries during the podcast. Okay, um, just to make people aware, if you are listening to the podcast, we are actually live streaming on Facebook uh, for the first time as well. So if you want to see what we all look like, go onto our Facebook page, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and uh, you can see us. Uh, there'll be a, a record of us uh, rec- recording the, uh, the, the, uh, the podcast. So again, GPS Training is our Facebook page, and I say we're live streaming on there. And then if you are listening uh, to the podcast or you've seen it on, or you watch it on Facebook, don't forget you can download the podcast from iTunes, TuneIn, Blueberry, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or alternatively, you can just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. And now on the bottom left of every page, you see a link to our podcast. Um, so that's just gone in, in place over the last month. So again, if you're not a, a you don't have podcasts that you can download onto the phone or something, have just gone to our uh, website and uh, we can uh, you can you can uh, listen to it from there. So in last month's podcast, we asked for some feedback and any uh, questions. Um, so thanks very much for the people who have been in touch. So Max Ryan has uh, been in touch. Um, he's been on our. SatMap, one of our SatMap courses. Um, sorry about that, Tom from Garmin. <laughs> so, uh, and he thought we were very. Uh, he thought our podcast was really innovative. We're an innovative lot. He said, uh, "We can but try, can't we?" Alison Hume thought the podcast was a great resource. Thank you very much for that, Alison. It is very much appreciated. And Pete Martin wishes every success and the, thought the podcast was very informative and easy listening. So fingers crossed we continue on with those schemes. And Andrew Kennard, um, he's an avid podcast listener. He actually gave us uh, some good links to other podcasts to listen to. Uh, so thank you that for Andrew. I did waste the next two or three hours of my life listening to other podcasts. And he also gave us some, um, a few little changes which he thought we could instigate, which I am going to instigate, Andrew. So thank you for those suggestions um, and uh, we'll take those on board so again if you are watching us on Facebook or downloading the podcast if you have any thoughts just get in touch um, and we'll incorporate those into future podcasts so without any further ado let's get on with today's podcast what we're looking at in the podcast uh, this month we're looking at reviewing the Garmin Phoenix 5 multi-activity GPS watch which I think was one of Andrew's suggestions um, from his uh, feedback after the last podcast so we're taking that on board Andrew we're going to also then look at connect IQ apps what these are and what are the best apps we're going to look at the best top-end Garmin GPS and what else would we do with Tom sat next to us uh, who's a sales on Garmin and then we've got our top tips as normal SatMap and Garmin top tips our big debate for this month is button or touchscreen GPS unit, and then finally we'll look at the courses that we've got coming up over the um, over the uh, coming month. So then, 
First thing we're going to look at is the Garmin, or uh, we're going to discuss is the Garmin Fenix 5 active, multi-activity GPS watch. So the first question I'm going to ask to Tom is, what is a multi-activity GPS watch? So a uh, multi-activity watch from Garmin um, incorporates lots of different sports within it. So that'll be uh, our fitness sports, so running, cycling, uh, swimming, but also um, now we're incorporating outdoor and other sports, so walking, climbing and gym use as well. Very good. And you've had a good play with this, Andy, haven't you? You've had, a, you've had a fair bit of cycling as well with it, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, um, as well as hiking and walking, I love sort of road cycling. And what really impressed me about the watch, it does turn your, your, your wrist into a car sat nav for your bike, you know? So for the road cycling, you're able to, you know, search for place names, um, search for one of the features I like, search for a round route. You go somewhere you haven't been before, which I often do on my road bike. You can say, I want to do 20 miles, 30 miles if I'm feeling really fit. <laughs> 50 miles and it'll give me a selection of routes i select them and on the screen the load pick the one i want and it's that um turn by turn navigation you get on the watch so what i mean by that is when you're navigating with it you get arrows on the screen as you get the road junctions you get a nice buzz on your wrist <laughs> and it's in a tone noise as a hey there's a left hand turn coming up there's a right hand turn coming up so for the road cycling i think a great product very good and it's the phoenix 5x that we've been looking at the reason for that it comes preloaded with this topo active mapping is what's the topo active mapping andy so it's a colour digital map covering the whole of Europe, which <laughs> the whole of Europe, Western and Eastern Europe on your wrist. It's a nice, clear, sharp map with it being a, a proper vector digital map. I at first thought, you know, because I'm so used to the handheld GPS as we sell and the size of the screen, is the screen going to be big enough to view the maps on? But with it being a digital map, and the fact you can zoom right in anyway and get really close in on the map and see clearly the route that you're following. And again, going back to the road cycling, the turn-by-turn -turn arrows, I had no issue reading the maps. And I think it's just a great new feature to have a watch with maps that cover the whole of Europe on your yeah, wrist. That's it. And it's got good clear menus on it, hasn't it? So the menus seem quite clear. It was easy to navigate around when you were using it for the first time. Yeah, good size buttons on the unit. I mean, me and Tom are actually both wearing the watches today, which if you're listening to the podcast, you're not going to see them. But they're good size buttons on the unit. And even as I'm cycling, pressing the buttons to move between the menus, I didn't find a problem. I found quite easy, you know, good size, good size watch on the wrist. And one of the things Tom Garman have incorporated into this, the standard fitness products that we see on their fitness trackers, and we've seen those incorporated into the watch as well as the navigational as well. Yeah, so um, there's the usual uh, road running modes and all the features that come with that from one of our top end forerunner products. Um, you've also got a trail running mode on there, um, which I love. I used it a lot for trail running. And there's the climb mode, which uses the barometer. So when you start climbing, it switches into a climbing mode and tells you how long you've been climbing for, how much ascent you've done on that climb, so you can really push yourself and see what you've been doing uh, on that run. But you've also got your activity tracking, as you mentioned, so steps throughout the day, distance, sleep patterns, all of that stuff is all built into there as well. It's got a heart rate monitor built it in. It has, you've well. all got heart rate monitor off the And that's on the, the back of the watch, isn't it? Yeah, it's an optical heart rate sensor. That's fantastic, isn't it? So in the past, we used to have strapped something around our waist for it, or around our chest, don't we? But now it's all encoded. Yeah, so it's all, it's all done off the back of the watch, so it can track your heart rate throughout the whole day, not just when you're doing your fantastic. activity. Brilliant. And we pair this with our smartphone, Andy. So what are the benefits of pairing the smartphone? Why, why are we doing this? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it being a multi-activity watch. So we talked about the navigational side of things and the fitness side of things but it's actually a smartwatch as well so those of you who you know you've got your phone with you it might be in your rucksack or your pannier bag or your, your water pack depending on what activity you're doing someone tries to get in touch with you send you an alert um, a message through your phone your phone's nice and safe in your rucksack but you get those alerts 
on the screen of the unit. So that's one of the functions of having it paired with the phone. One of the things I really like, which Tom might be able to bring in a little bit more, is the Garmin Connect app that you put on your phone that pairs with the watch for syncing all this data. We all want to share everything now with the likes of Facebook and Strava and all those sort of things. And having this Garmin Connect app on your phone and, and syncing all that data when you've been out for a run or yeah. a mountain bike or a hike I mean, Tom, you might have some more. Yeah, so, I mean, again, it's a kind of a portal, really, for you to access all the information that the watch is um, recording. So you can go on there. It maps your uh, activity that you've just done. You can see graphs of your elevation, right. your heart rate, your pace, all of it is uh, on there for you to view and share through the other platforms and on social media as well. Yeah. So with all this technology on your wrist, is it quite a bulky watch not or not really? Um, I, I haven't got a big wrist, to be honest. I, you know, again, when I brought the watch out of the box, I thought, ah, you know, it's, it's going to be quite a heavy watch on my wrist. It's not at all. I, I hardly know it's there, to be honest. But you look at the size of it, but it's really comfortable on the wrist. I like the one we, we, we've been stocking is the one with the tough polymer strap, and it's a really comfortable strap on the wrist. So, no, I, I, I actually feel, for a big size watch, it feels comfortable on the wrist. And locking onto satellites, is it quite quick? Are we using both the American and the Russian satellites, or are we just using one type of satellite with the watch? So, GPS and GLONASS. Right, so, okay, yeah, fantastic. Uh, US and uh, Russian satellites. So it's the same as what we have with the outdoor GPS yeah. units. So, Absolutely. is it logging on just as quick with it, or a little bit slower, because they've not got the, the, the antenna that we have on an outdoor GPS unit? To, to be honest, it's probably a little bit slower than some of the big handheld units we do, but I don't want to use that word slow, because it's still... Compared to units have passed, you go outside, you're ready to start your activity. By the time it's been turned on for a couple of minutes, that's it. You're locked on and ready to go. Yeah. So no, I'm quite happy with it. And the big thing I think that you mentioned earlier on when we first talked about it, is this turn-by-turn -turn route about it buzzing as you reach the junctions. This is when you've been out cycling, isn't it? Yeah, so on the cycling uh, navigation, either picking somewhere to navigate to or using this round routing, you get the buzzing on your wrist and you get these big arrows on the screen. But what I've also been using the watch for is a little bit of mountain biking, where I actually planned a little route on the Garmin's Basecamp software to send to the unit. So this wasn't turn by turn routing, it was just me marking points that I was going to aim for on the watch worked really well you don't get that same turn by turn arrows on the screen but as i got close to the points that i'd marked on the map that i wanted to aim for at different junctions you still got a little tone alert and a buzz if you got close enough to that point um, on on the map on the watch so first impressions very good or good and what would you buy on yourself <laughs> me for road cycling i love it right. um the hiking I can see the benefits of, I suppose if you're doing those sort of more extreme climbing where you want your hands free, you don't want a handheld unit in your hand, I can see the benefits. But for me, I think more for the, the road cycling, and Tom, you've probably got some idea, you know, yeah. the sort yeah. of activities that you do, you do a few different yeah, activities. Yeah, I, I use it for, 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 like say, walking, scrambling, um, my trail running and road running. I think the big advantage of the Phoenix watches, it does do a little bit of everything and does each of them reasonably well. So yeah. if you are that mm. you know multi true multi-using person, it's perfect. You can go and do everything with it. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So to summarise, we really like the Phoenix 5X. I say it's the most expensive one in the Phoenix range, but we always choose the most expensive ones, don't we? If you want to know more, have a look at our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on reviews, and you'll see an article and videos where we review the Phoenix 5X. So there's quite a bit of information there. It's a good review, and there's a number of videos is there as we uh, review it. So that's the Phoenix 5X. The next thing we're going to look at in today's podcast is the Connect IQ apps. What are they and what are the best apps? So this might be the first time anybody's heard of these Connect IQ apps. So straight over to Tom, what are they, what units can we use them on and yeah, tell us all about it. 
So um, Connect IQ apps is part of the Connect app that uh, me and Andy were just talking about before, which links to the Phoenix Watch. Um, so they're extras that can be downloaded to some of our Garmin products. So if it's one of our Phoenix watches, for example, it can be as simple as a watch face okay. for your watch, or it can be a whole new app for the product. So you could add in sailing as in a feature for the watch and go in and do that activity. So we can add features to our product as and well. How do we get these onto our watches and GPS units? So um, where you go into the Connect App Store, which okay. can be via the PC and Mac or right. via the app on your phone, okay. you select the app that you want to add to your product and then the next time that product syncs with the Connect IQ app it automatically installs it onto the product for you. Um, as well as the watches what other outdoor GPS units can we put these apps on? Yeah so it works on our, like I say our Phoenix range it works on some of our egg cycle products and on the outdoor side the Oregon 700 series it works with those. So that's well. Oregon 700, 750 and 750T and again when we when on those profile pages at the bottom you do have a little IQ app and that's how you access them. Yeah that's how you can app, app that they're installed yeah. And what cost is involved in these apps? So there's no cost for any of the apps okay. they're all developed for free. Brilliant and gone. Which which is the best ones? Which is the best Phoenix <laughs> ones? Which is the best Oregon ones um, that that you think are available out there? So my favourite Phoenix one at the moment, kind of outside of a you know a new Gucci uh, watch face, <laughs> um, is um, uh, one that's designed to store your emergency contact details on your watch. So with a press of a couple of buttons, somebody can get all your emergency contact details. For somebody that does out goes out mountain biking and running on my own out in the hills, it's good that you can you know somebody can get your emergency phone number and any allergies that you might have straight off. It's just another way of, of ticking that box for emergency details. And the outdoor GPS so this Oregon 700 range, which are the best apps that you can So um, one of my favourites for that is um, when I go on my night walks, there's a, um, a Sky uh, Sky app, which allows you to uh, load this up on the Oregon and then you can select which uh, constellation or planet you want to look for and it turns you around so that should be there in the sky for you. So using the compass on the device to show you where Jupiter might be or a constellation in the sky. Fantastic. And with all these being free, why wouldn't you download them? Especially if you bought a Phoenix watch from <coughs> ourselves or anybody else, or you got an Oregon 700, have a little play around. There's nice way to download. Because I know some of the apps actually appear in the data fields, don't you, on the trip computer? Is that right? Yeah, there's extra data fields you can add. Um, I've used the data fields on watches and the Oregon. So right. you might see a data field that's something different to what Garmin have already put on the unit. So it's worth just having a browse and seeing what's coming out. Out. they get added all the time they're always updating them uh, you know you see new ones <laughs> yeah, literally every week sometimes yeah. you know and they're free aren't they so why, why wouldn't you give it a go yeah. okay so that's the connect iq apps that are come from garmin so thank you very much for that the next thing we're going to look at in the podcast today is the best top end garmin gps and say what else could we uh, review with Tom sat between myself and Andy here with his Garmin branded top on. Um, so the units that we're looking at now, or we're going to put head to head, are GPS Map 64S, Oregon 700 750, Montana 610 680. When we're looking at these top end GPS, we are looking at them bundled with full GB mapping, aren't we? I don't think yeah. anybody would buy a, a, a GPS at this price range without a 1 to 50,000 or 1 to 25,000 map cards. So we're assuming they're all loaded up with a similar type of map cards. What are the main difference between the 64S, 750 and Montana 610, 680? I'll pan that over to Andy as he can explain the difference between each of those units. Yeah, so what we look at first is the 64S unit, which is Garmin's tried and tested tough, rugged push button unit. So that's going to be the big difference between the other models we're going to look at. It's a push button unit designed for that all season use for someone who wants to use it all the year round and keep their gloves on because you've got button control 
rather than a touch screen slightly smaller screen than the other units but it's having the button control that's you know that's what you tend to go for when you're buying the 64s unit very popular unit that we sell to like so the forestry guys yeah. forestry workers national park workers working in all weathers you know needing gloves on for their work as well um, so that's the 64s oregon 700 750 Oh, and 750 too, must have been yeah. 750 too. So you move up to the 700, 750s, touchscreen units, tough Gorilla Glass screen, three inch screen. So you're getting a bigger screen from the 2.6 inch screen on the 64S. I think in this day and age, we're all used to using smartphones now, iPads, touchscreen. It's that faster moving around the screens, moving through menus, um, sunlight readable screen quick and easy to access things lots of new features with the 700 750 moving away from just the navigational side of things tom's mentioned about these iq apps because it's a gps device now that we can add iq apps to we can pair these gps devices with the connect app on the phone to sync data from your walks and hikes and cycle rides but the big thing you see when you turn on these new generation um oregon 700 750 units is that they're called multi-activity units you turn on the unit and you get prompted with hike go back to you know i mentioned about doing a lot more cycling at the moment you've got cycle geocache all these preset profiles that allow you to make the units very individual mm-hmm. quicker than you know doing that on something like a map 64 which i see more as a walker and hikers unit Brilliant. and then the montana 610 680 just a bigger unit altogether bigger screen and um, bigger screen so it's a four inch screen for someone who wants that big screen now i talked about all weather use you can actually with the montana it doesn't have the gorilla the tough the tougher gorilla glass of the oregon 700 but the screen is a it's a resistive glass that means you can't get away with using your gloves we have a lot of trail riders on motorbikes who buy the montana due to the fact it's got that bigger screen and then keep their gloves on when they're on the motorbike a lot of the features look very similar um, to what I would class as the standard sort of walking unit like the 64S. You don't have all these multi-activity screens that you can quickly swipe to, even though there's no reason why you can't use it for different activities. But we sell a lot of that. This unit, to, to actually the Trail Riders is probably one of the most popular yeah. markets for the yeah. Montana. Big motorbike mount available for the back of the unit. Yeah, that's um, And that Montana has a slightly different battery on it, doesn't it? It has a lithium battery in it compared to the tr- traditional AA we get on other Yeah, guns. so the other two units, uh, the Orange and the map 64s you just put two AA batteries in obviously you choose different batteries to go in there the Montana the nice thing is it comes with Garmin's own uh, LiPo battery in the back of the unit that can charge in the unit you can't which gives really good life you can't take that battery out and just replace it with three AA's but it does come with that, that battery in the unit so then we're all head to head what are the main differences when when would you go for one over the other and i don't know bring you in there tom i don't know if, if you were given those those three units which one would you go for and why would that be in um i'm really torn at this point between two models um, so i'm gonna sit on the fence um, but um 64s has been my go-to for a long long time um i wear gloves a lot um so and i've done a lot of scottish Monroe work bagging that kind of thing so going for that unit that's got the buttons that's easy to um use with big thick gloves on in particular as well also the gps map 64 is so rugged and um, you can clip it on the outside of your rucksack my rucksack can be chucked down all day it's you know a bomb proof unit um but the new oregon system and that multi-activity and like i say more and more people are doing more activities now my, my oregon can go for a walk with me i can go geocaching I can stick it on the front of my mountain bike and everything's there ready to go at the touch of a button. So I am now leaning more and more towards the 
the Oregon, Oregon. activity. Andy, which one would you go for? Me, um, straight away I've loved using my new Oregon over the last year and I'm using it for walking, hiking, cycling, I take my little girl out geocaching with it. Now all these other units you can do these things with them but it just makes it so much quicker that you just swipe the screen from turning it on to say oh I'm geocaching today, I'm cycling, I want that turn by turn routing on the roads, I'm hiking. It's a mid-sized unit, so it's not too bulky to carry, but at the same time, you have that nice size screen. And when you're talking about geocaching, people hopefully know geocaching like a treasure hunt with GPS units. Yeah, Big thing with the Oregon 700-750 range is we can do live geocaching with that. So we can sync it with a connect app on our, uh, on our smartphone, Android or uh, iPhone. And then instead of having to download um, um, the caches and transfer them over via USB cable, we can actually just do it live, can't we, Andy? And that's a massive... Yeah, I mean, that's step. a feature we didn't mention about yeah. pairing with a phone. So the Oregon 700 750 any of you are into this electronic treasure hunting which is great fun with the kids adults mm -hmm. uh, gets everyone out out and about live geocaching by, by syncing with your phones a, a great feature as well fantastic so we're a bit tall there kind of um but i think we're kind of all pushing towards the i i, I firmly so haven't asked you john yeah well i, I would <laughs> i i am i'm an oregon 700 750 i'm saying oregon 750 user i really like i like that multi-activity i love the connectivity of smartphone because i enjoy burying my smartphone in the bottom of my rucksack and then cycling i was just actually tom doesn't know this he sat next to me i was cycling around keel the other day when he phoned me on a friday and i saw on my handlebars it was tom ringing me i didn't stop i just left to go to the <laughs> machine and carried on enjoying my cycle ride where if it had been somebody i don't if it'd been my mother phone you know i would have stopped and answered that course so i think that's really nice because i'm just getting to the spirit of things doing a bit of mountain biking and then i, I don't want to stop i just carry on because i know who it is and again you get your you get your notifications off your apps and things on it i, I really like that I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great feature so personally i think i would go for the oregon 700 so i think we're kind of there oregon 700 750 winter walkers 64s as tom said good proven units isn't it so that's our look at the best top end garmin gps unit next thing we're going to look at in the podcast today is top tips both sat map and garments this is a regular feature that we're bringing in so straight over to Andy for his Garmin top tip of this month. Brilliant. All of the units, uh, Garmin units we've talked about, a uh, nice feature of them all, you can record a track of where you've walked that you can then review back and play back in the Basecamp software. Or if you've got one of the units that syncs with the app, you can look at that track. Now, I often get asked by customers when they're navigating with the GPS, and I'll agree with customers, I think this is a great feature. It's not just seeing where you're going on a screen that helps you get your bearings and where you are. It's seeing where you've been, seeing what's behind you. Now, when you're walking with a Garmin GPS, you get this little trail being left behind you when you start the track recording. Now, the default colour when you buy your Garmin GPS for this little track that's left behind you is quite a pale blue colour. And I often get asked, can you change that colour so you can just see that brighter colour been left behind you you can change the color so the way we do that it's nice and simple in the touchscreen units you go into um, the, the bottom menu where you've got all your icons so like from the Oregon 700s you pr press and release your on off button to go to the bottom menus and um, the Montana's you touch the little V at the bottom of the home page to go to the bottom menus and you'll see a menu called track manager you go into track manager you select current track and you'll see that color clearly listed with the pale blue you can touch on it 
and change the colour. If you're using one of the push button units like the MAP 64S or one of the small eTrex 2030s with a joystick, you can still go into your main menus, find tr track manager, current track and there's an option that simply says edit colour and you just select that and you can make it a different colour so you can see a little bit more clearly where you've been which I, you know, I do think helps with navigation as well. Yeah. So that's the top tip for the garment is changing the track colours. The track is a breadcrumb trail that GPS leaves behind us when we're out walking or cycling. Over to SatMap. So what's your SatMap top tip for this month? Often get asked with the SatMap units, um, maps not loading. It's just one of those queries I get on a regular basis. Um, the SatMaps come with high resolution maps. When you first turn your SatMap unit on, they can take a little while to boot up on the high resolution maps. They are high resolution map, that's why you get that slight delay. But I often get calls from customers saying, right, I've let my unit boot up. Uh, the new Active 20 is a lot quicker booting up with these high res maps, but I'm still not seeing my Ordnance Survey map on the map screen of the GPS. What the sat map unit does, it remembers the last place that you were zoomed in at. So if you've been on a walk and for whatever reason you finished the walk and you zoom right out on the map page just to see a much wider scale of where you are, when you next turn that unit on and it all boots up and it's went through the process, you, you get a screen that comes up to tell you what map you've got in your unit, you go to the map page, it's not there. And you have a little symbol at the top of a sat map unit in the very top right hand corner that normally looks like three grey conical, sh uh, I always say three grey wine glasses. <laughs> Shows you what I do on a weekend. But uh, in that top right of the screen, and customers will ring and say, it's not there. I can't see it. My maps aren't loading. It is as simple as just, are oh, you zoomed out too far? Right. If you've bought a map set that has you know, the 1 to 25, 1 to 50, and the, the 1 to 10 scale, which SatMap do on one map card, it'll only load that map if you're zoomed in at that scale. Right. So it's just remembering, give the unit time to boot up for the maps to fully load, can take a couple of minutes from turn on, and remember when you're on the map page, zoom right into a, you know, a scale of at least 1 to 50 to start getting your maps to load. Fantastic. And that's the same with the Active 12, Active 20, or is there any difference? All of the units is the same, except you'll notice on the newer Active 20, which with it having a much faster processor, the actual initial boot-up process is a lot quicker for the maps to, to, to load from the initial Because the thing with this sat map is got these HD maps, and that's what takes the time to The high-definition maps, yeah. That's brilliant. So that's your top tips for this month. So thank you very much for those for Andy. The big debate on this month's podcast is button or touchscreen. We're kind of going over a little bit of what we are just talking about with the Oregon GPS and the Montana 64S. So what are our personal preferences for buttons and um, a touchscreen? We can also mention actually the SatMap has got both on as a SatMap Active 20, so um, yeah. we, can, we, can, we can do that. So what would you prefer, Tom, in which instances? Like some people may have two GPS units, I suppose, but actually most people just have one. Yeah, uh, I think you know some people do. Uh, my my preference nowadays is where you were talking about before. Um, more and more people now are using smartphones. It's the how intuitive now touchscreens are for for most people. Um, just as simple as typing a grid reference in is so simple on a uh, touchscreen unit by using the, the the numbers on the screen. Whereas doing it on a 64s or even an older e-tracks is quite a long-winded process. So uh, yeah, when I'm out about on the hill now, I am moving more and more towards that touchscreen unless you're going in the hills in winter then in yeah in the middle of winter in in scotland when you've got your big thick gloves on mm -hmm. um yeah again that it's, it kind of flips around on its head doesn't it and the oregon gps unit has a glove setting on it doesn't it really... yeah i mean on the oregon 700 there is a setting uh, within the main settings where you can say glove friendly um, what we found with that setting it's really designed more for the cyclist glove those sort of right. thin sort of cyclist style gloves 
when you're using the Oregon 700, if you do change it to that glove-friendly setting, you're still not going to get a great response from a big, thick, padded glove, and you are still going to be really taking your gloves off yeah. um, and, and using it with your gloves off, to be honest. does help, though, as a cyclist point of view, if you put it on the glove-friendly setting and you've got those thinner cycling styles. And a lot of gloves now, we just did some of the newsletter last week where we gained some people's reviews on these gloves that do have like little pads on them, don't they? So you can use touchscreen mm. um both phones and GPSs with them. So something we have you played much with them or not? Have you uh, Tom? Yeah, I've had a couple goes? of pairs for 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 both cycling and walking. And they work well. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Have you had it and you're not? No. I've had some seal skin gloves before that had the tips in, mm-hmm. and they worked fairly well. But the the gloves at the time when I bought them were still fairly thick, and gloves are getting thinner. Right. But, but the technology is getting better. That they're just as warm yeah. but thinner, and of course you are getting these smart tips mm-hmm. tips on them now. So what do you prefer then, touchscreen or button? Danny? Definitely touchscreen, more just for the entering the data and getting the screens quickly. It's mm-hmm. so much quicker, you know, on a touchscreen unit. But I can still see the benefits of that person who's maybe using it more in that sort of environment in the winter, the mountain climber with the, you know, the gloves they're going to wear are going to be those big, thick, you know, mountain gloves. I think I have to agree with you guys because I touchscreens. So we're so used to smartphones now with touchscreens. I don't think we use anything. Going back to buttons, you have to. Uh, I don't know if it's like stepping back um, a little bit in time. Positive thing I like with the buttons is if you don't use a GPS very often, the buttons tell you what you're going to do with them. So actually it's quite intuitive, isn't it? So actually if you don't use a GPS, you lift it out of the drawer every six or eight weeks, actually has an in-out button, it has a menu button, it tells you what it's going to do. So it's quite intuitive. But I'm like you guys, I kind of I go back onto that touchscreen unit because actually it's, it's so much easier, you know, creating waypoints, just tapping on the screen, those gestures that we use with a smartphone, you know, touch, drag and this kind of thing. So... I think we're all kind of agreed, which is not really much of a debate, really, is it? That we no. think the <laughs> touchscreen unit is is the way forward. I think that's the way we can see that our sales. No, the majority of units that we sell now are touchscreen GPS units. So, what do we? What training courses do we have coming up over the next month? Uh, we are coming to the end of our season of training courses, so we've still got our webinars that are taking place. So, um, webinars, these live seminars, you can book onto, and they are unit specific as well. So, on October the seventeenth, we have a getting started with your Garmin GPS unit. That's for Oregon seven hundred series and Etrex Such series. On October the 24th, the following week, again, we have a, a, a webinar um, for Garmin GPS units, and that's for Etrex 20X, 30S, and GPS Map 64S. The following day, which is October the 25th, Annie's doing a, um, a, a, a course on getting to know a base camp for Windows. Um, so that would be, a, that'd be a, a long night for Annie as he spends two hours <laughs> for the computer teaching everybody how to do those. And then the following week, November the 1st, Got getting started with your Garmin GPS again, and that's Oregon 600, Montana series, and GPS maps 64S. And then November the 7th, we've got a, another one which is on Basecamp for Mac. So those are our webinars that we have coming up. Again, if you bought your unit from us, you get those webinars for free. Alternatively, uh, you can just sign up on our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and just click on courses at the top, and then you can see the uh, webinars there, so you can sign up there. I say GPS training courses, we're just coming to the end of it. We've got one this weekend in the New Forest. So actually by the time you've downloaded uh, the podcast, that would have happened. And then we've got one in Cotswolds um, at the end of the month, um, which is fully booked, sadly. But if you have a look on our website, you'll see all the courses for next year, and they're booking you up nicely. So uh, if you do want to uh, come on one of our courses, please do. <laughs> 
So that's the end of our second podcast. I very much hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and again, as I said at the beginning, if there's anything you would like us to cover or if you have any thoughts or feedback on the uh, podcast, please do get in touch. Again, our contact details are on our website. Uh, just, just drop us an email and we'll hopefully incorporate that into future podcasts. Please do tell your friends about our podcast. And again, again, about GPS training. Um, time to have a look at our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. As I said at the beginning, uh, there's links on every page to the podcast. So again, that's the easiest way to uh, get people uh, to there. And again, we have our Friday newsletter. So don't forget, you can sign up to our Friday newsletter. Uh, that's on our website. And uh, calls out quarter to 12. And it's the top tech and team news, uh, which keeps everybody up to date with what we're doing. So next month's podcast, what are we going to look at? Again, these are just pre provisional ideas. Uh, again, if you've got anything, uh, just drop us an email. We're going to look at 125,000 mapping, what options are available. We're going to look at reviewing the eTrex Touch 2535. We're going to look at topoactive mapping. We've discussed that a little bit when we talk about the Phoenix 5X watch. We're all going to look at exactly what uh, topoactive mapping is. And then we're also going to look at the online resource, which is something we have a unique uh, GPS training. But if you want anything else covered, just drop us an email and we incorporate that into the next podcast. So don't forget, give us a call. And thanks again for listening. So to finish off, fond farewell uh, um, from myself and also from Andy. Thank you. And also thanks, Tom, for heading up to Northumberland for today's podcast. And you're more than welcome to come back again sometime. Thank you very much. So thanks very much, everybody. And thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, yeah, please do get in touch. Thank you.